At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Have you ever been interested in taking meaningful and eye-catching self-portraits? If so, our self-portrait photography indoors on a budget course is perfect for you. I'm actually the instructor and I'll be teaching you how to take really beautiful photographs of yourself indoors without investing in any other equipment. These lessons are all about making the most of what you have, experienced or not, and telling an authentic story. There are 30 video lessons that include quizzes, a community of photographers, random surprises, and much more. This is an incredible opportunity for you to improve your self-portrait photography skills and to impress everyone around you. I have a very special discount code just for our podcast listeners. We're offering a 50% discount code just for you. Use this code to claim your discount, Portrait50. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I speak with Malaysian, conceptual and fine art photographer Rhiannon. I've been following Rhiannon's work for a very long time and this was my first time hearing her voice and really getting to know her story. She has a fascinating background as a photographer and as a writer, so I'm sure that you'll find this episode inspiring. Please enjoy. Hi Rhiannon, welcome to the podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi Taya, thank you for having me here. Um, I'm Rian, and you can call me Rian for short. Um, I am a fine art conceptual photographer, and I also write in the on my free time. Wonderful introduction, and I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I've been following your work for a long time, and now this is my first time hearing your voice. So thank you for agreeing to be here. No, no, my pleasure is mine. I'm also really excited to hear your voice because I've been a fan of yours for so long. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I've already spoken about this in other podcast episodes with guests that I've known or followed for a while, but it's always so surreal mm-hmm. to hear someone's voice after following their work for a long time. You get to know them better, like you see them from a different perspective. 
and you appreciate their work more, yeah. which uh, is it's amazing. Oh, definitely, definitely. I guess maybe um, I grew up looking at your photos as well. So now that I get to speak with you, it's a whole different perspective. I feel a lot more closer. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, right? We look at people's work online and we kind of have an idea of who they are or we make up an idea of who they are. And it's just that. It's like very 2D. But then yeah. you know, just hearing someone's voice, it completely changes your idea of a person. Yeah, definitely. What camera equipment do you use? Um, right now, I'm currently using a Fujifilm X100V, but I usually do shoot my conceptual photographs with a Canon EOS R. Mm -hmm. And Fujifilm, I've never used a Fujifilm camera, but many photographers have said wonderful things about those cameras. What are the main differences between Fujifilm and a Canon camera? Um, I guess for me, the main reason why I got a Fuji is because it's a lot more lighter. And I've seen a lot of YouTube videos, um, reviews of people grabbing this tiny camera, going around town, just taking photos with it. And for me, I got it because I felt like I wanted a camera that could inspire me to go out there instead of creating work. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. Actually, I'm looking for a camera like that right now because with my heavy Canon 5D Mark II DSLR, oh. it's difficult to go out and just shoot casually because it's heavy and with the lens, it's yeah. heavier. So the lighter and the easier it is to pick up your camera, I think the more you'll take photographs. So that makes total sense. Yes, definitely. And the Fuji is actually a fixed lens um, and it has this really cool feature, a film simulation feature. So you can kind of tweak the colors to your liking and there's not a lot of editing to do. So it's really fun. I just shoot things and I upload it as it is. That's amazing. I saw a few posts on your Instagram that looked like film photos. Were those taken with the Fujifilm? Yes, yeah. Those were taken with my Fuji. These days, I've been carrying it with me everywhere at work, just doing grocery runs. I bring it with me everywhere. Yeah, and it's a different feeling to having your smartphone camera with you, right? It's like a, it looks like a little camera, right? It's just there's something different to it than holding a smartphone camera, for example. Yes, yes. Um, I guess as uh, with the rise of social media as well, I did fall into the trap of being too reliant on my phone to take photographs. So I'm trying to get back to that um, feeling of wanting to capture more real photographs, genuine photographs with an actual camera. Yeah, that's something that I want to do as well, because with, as I said, I have my heavy cameras and I feel like mm. I don't take photographs as much as I would like to because they're so heavy. But if I had a lighter camera, I would probably be more creative because I would just want to casually shoot anything and everything. Yeah, you could, you could try. You could try Fuji. Yeah, I definitely I, recommend it. Yeah, I'm leaning towards that now, thanks to your recommendation. So thank you. <laughs> you mentioned that you're, you're welcome. You're fine art conceptual photographer. What does fine art photography yeah. and conceptual photography mean to you? Um, for me, it's beyond just capturing images. Um, fine art con and conceptual photography to me resembles creating a moment instead of capturing it. For me, I have a hard time. Um, I have a hard time appreciating just capturing images as it is because I want to be part of it as much as possible. So I like to think about elements that I could include in, the storylines that I can create and really start from scratch. So that's why I lean more towards fine art conceptual photography rather than just 
I don't know, maybe street photography, but you know, different people have different interests. And for me, it's really creating everything from scratch, kind of like a storyteller, but using my images. Yeah. And so that involves editing as well. You are able to create certain atmospheres in your work in an editing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's... yeah definitely. I, I like to add a little bit of smoke, something dreamy and a whimsical. That's the kind of vibe I'm going for. Yeah, I often see smoke and fog in your photographs. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. It's cool because instead of just capturing a moment, as you said, which can be good, but like for fine art, it's nice to photograph something, even if it's simple, and then to enhance it and to put yourself into it, as you said. And that takes a lot mm. of patience. Yes, it's kind of like, um, I guess, if I look back into my childhood, I'm, I was a really artsy person. I love painting having a blank canvas to work with. So it's when I discovered fine art conceptual photography, it was really eye-opening for me because I could actually do that with tangible things, real images, and actually bring it to life. Yeah, and what editing programs do you use? Uh, I only use Photoshop at the moment. I haven't really dabbled into Lightroom, maybe one day. I think I'm the opposite. I use both, but Lightroom is my baby. I am in love with oh. it. <laughs> Oh no, I, I can't seem to get used to it. I'm not too sure why. Probably need to look at more YouTube tutorials. Uh, yeah, no, to each their own. I mean, in Photoshop, I think it's personal. I think it's better for retouching and creating those conceptual fine art looks in photography, whereas Lightroom is more for color correction. So I guess that's mm. the difference for me personally, but it's different for everyone, of course. That's but true, that's true. Conceptual photography, the meaning behind it is coming up with a concept for an image, right? So what is your yeah. process for coming up with ideas? Um, for me, it's a lot of emotionally based images. I create what I feel. So it comes and goes. Yeah, it comes and goes. Yeah, it's, it's like that for every photographer, right? Sometimes you have ideas, sometimes not. But do you plan your shoots or do you come up with ideas during your shoots? Oh, I'm, I'm a very organized kind of person so I like to plan it although I wish I could do it like whenever I can but I like to sit down and think about um, what I want my image to tell the story that I want to admit and the um, expression that I want to dive into so it takes a lot of planning for me and I like to write poems if I can to make me understand myself a little bit more to add more depth into my images Wow, that's really interesting. I wish I could plan things. I'm the opposite. I, oh. If I have a vague plan in my head, it's never going to turn out that way in my pictures anyway. I'll be distracted by like some other corner in my apartment or outdoors, and mm -hmm. I'll just end up with different photos. Like I can never stick to a plan. <laughs> but that's so fun, though. Like You're really in the moment. You don't get too stressed out. You're just taking photos as you go, right? That's right. Yeah. But I always wonder what it's like to plan shoots. I used to have a notebook with sketches, but again, I don't oh. through with any of them. <laughs> I, have, I have the same um, problem. I have a whole sketchbook filled with ideas and I haven't done half of it. Probably majority of it. It's still just lying there. My ideas are just unattended to at the moment. 
yeah yeah i think it's good to experiment with different things like to try taking photos spontaneously to try planning things especially if you're a beginner like when i was a beginner i didn't know what to do i just wanted to take photographs so it really helped to experiment with different techniques mm, yes definitely you are really good at networking i think because you oh. <laughs> yeah that's that's the idea that i get when i look at your work because you are quite business savvy you have a connection with a gallery and ah, yes. yeah i think you've worked with brands in the past but do you have any tips for photographers on social media who want to improve their networking skills um i would say try to be more out there i know it's easier said than done um i'm actually quite an introvert person but i guess as i went along with the industry and mingled around with friends and meet people um, who are working with brands like Canon, everything sort of just moved naturally. And for me, it started off because I joined a Canon US ambassador program where I competed to win the title. Uh, so from then on, I kind of just found my way around meeting new people, meeting brands, and it just snowballed from there. So I guess um, the tip is if there's an opportunity that comes knocking to your door, just grab it. Don't think twice, just do it. Yeah, that's great advice. And you said that you competed to get that title as a youth ambassador? Yes, yes mm -hmm. I did. It was, it was tough. Yes. Yeah, so what was the competition? Was it virtual or offline? And what did you have to do? It was, it was in person. Um, I think the start of the, they actually... Show, shared social media posts inviting people to apply so you just needed to craft a video of yourself explaining your um, photography what's your goal like and once you're shortlisted you'll go to the program and there I was um, competing with photographers nationwide in my country Malaysia and we had a six-week program so every week there was um, a theme to compete on so I had to dabble a lot more beyond just self-portraits it was a lot of street photography. Um, what else? I think product photography and even, hmm, I think we even took photos of insects at one point. Uh, it was really challenging, to be honest. I, I felt quite out of place because, you know, being a self-portrait photographer, you're so into your element. You don't really mingle with a lot of people. I'm not too sure if you uh, relate with me on that level. Mm, yes, I can. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, it was it was really challenging for me and I felt like okay, I love photography and I'm just going to try everything. Even if I fail, it's fine. And ultimately I feel um Canon kind of saw where I was coming from. They were surprisingly very supportive of conceptual photography. I was very worried about it at first because Back then, conceptual photography and photo manipulation isn't very popular amongst the industry. Um, there's a saying that goes, if you use up too much Photoshop, you're not really a photographer. Mm -hmm. You're more of a digital artist. So that was one of my main concerns joining the competition. And winning that kind of gave me a, a sense of achievement. I felt really happy that I was able to share this kind of photography with more people in my country. So yeah, it was, a, it was a really long process, but I was very grateful for it. Insect photography. You had to take photos yeah. of insects. In yes, the, I did. In the streets. Yeah. 
No, they actually brought it to the the studio, <gasps> and we had a group trying to take photos of it at every angle. <laughs> I tried to stay as far as possible, but I had to get my shot. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's amazing! It sounds like a Hunger Games type situation. A bit. It was. It was really competitive because there were um majority of the contestants were male as well. So if I can recall properly, it was just me and five other girls. So yeah, the competition was real. <laughs> wow, I can imagine, but it's probably more effective when you meet in person and then you have to shoot together. First of all, I guess it's more fair because you get the same subjects. And yeah, yeah. But then you were also sort of forced to take photos of different things. So that's a good exercise for photographers because sometimes we're hesitant to leave our comfort zones. So it's good to. Oh try yeah. It. Yeah, even if it's insect photography, which I think is quite fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was being out of my comfort zone was definitely very challenging. But if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have gone here. Like being able to work with brands, network with other people, have more photographer friends as well. Because I used to be stuck in my little social media bubble where I only talked to photographers outside of my own country. So that was yeah. really interesting. Yeah. And during that process, was there a genre of photography or even just a lesson that you learned that you wouldn't have learned had you not joined that competition? Um, yes, I it's not it's still portraiture. We had a portraiture class with a mentor and he talked a lot about lighting um certain hand gestures that girls would do to make it look more elegant, um, how your images should be focused on your eyes. So that was something that didn't come too naturally to me. Um, when the mentor mentioned that all portrait images should have sharp focus on eyes, it just clicked to me. I was just like, how, how did I not think about this before? But now it's just something that I bring with me everywhere I go. Even if I do street photography, I'm always that set on getting the, the eyes focused in an image. Mm, yeah, that's a great tip because if the eye is out of focus, I mean, in abstract photography, I guess it's okay, but it's out of focus. Yeah. It's a little bit disconcerting when you see a portrait. But if the eyes are in focus, then that's where your eyes naturally go to. So it's easier to connect with a portrait, I think, because the eyes are sharp. Yeah, and it makes the portrait more impactful as well. Mm -hmm. I agree. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did, and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. So you have mentioned several times that you take self-portraits. I'm happy to connect with somebody who knows what this is like. It's a very challenging. Yes. <laughs> Finally, I have a friend. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not easy to take self-portraits. Um, does your camera have like a tilt screen where you can see yourself when you take photos? Yes, the Canon EOS-R has it, um, but the Fuji doesn't have a tilt screen. So that's a little bit difficult for me. So I'm still experimenting with that. But my Canon camera is still my go-to for my <laughs> self-portrait. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mine doesn't have a tilt screen. I used to have another camera with a tilt screen. Oh. So much easier. And now without it, I'm just struggling all the time. But I guess I'm used to the struggle. Oh no, do you use um, a mirror to reflect it or you just shoot and hope for the best? I always shoot and hope for the best. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> I see. I should try that. No, I don't recommend it. <laughs> If you have a camera with a tilt screen, don't use the other method. Like it's gonna stress you out. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, yeah. I, I feel it. Yeah, I think it's good for patience. But in addition to photographing yourself and making sure that your eyes are sharp, do you have any other tips for aspiring self-portrait photographers? Mm, I would say to try and be comfortable with yourself first. I think that's one of the big problems with um, being a self-portrait photographer. Sometimes you need to be a lot more vulnerable in front of the camera. I'm not too sure if that makes sense. Mm, um, yeah, like some days you just don't feel too great. But it's important to know that that's still an expression that you should be able to share, to capture as well. So I think it's honing um, your self-identity and being comfortable being vulnerable in front of your camera. It's a, it's a long process, but I think that's the best advice I can give. Yeah, it is good advice. And it's difficult to get to that state. So I think it's okay if as a beginner, you have a photo shoot and you don't feel comfortable and then you keep having photo shoots and you slowly get comfortable in front of the camera. I don't think it's something that happens instantaneously. Like for me, I don't, I mean, I didn't care when I was 12 years old when I first got into Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't self-conscious. But later in my life, when I started to get more self-conscious, I guess as a teenager, I needed time, more time to get more comfortable in front of the camera, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. Um, I think for me, it's the other way around. I was super comfortable back then. And now I'm just having a tough time being in front of the camera, but I'm working through it. It's yeah. just an ongoing process. Yeah, there's just too many thoughts in your head, right? It's like, is this going to turn out well? How am I going to look? It's all unnecessary, but it's normal. It's natural. Yeah, it's just as you go, you, ju you just want your craft to be as perfect as possible. Um, but that's just a really tough trait to deal with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we're good because that's a positive trait. Like if there's anyone listening who struggles with this as well, I think as frustrating as it is, it's also a sign that you always want to improve. And that's a really positive trait to have. That's true, okay. It's good to be optimistic like you, yes. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying my best. <laughs> so you work as a full-time writer and you also write scripts, which is really exciting. What is that like? And is there any connection to your photography in that job? Um sure, let me let me try and process that question for a bit. You know, what's it like being a writer, was it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Writing and writing scripts. Like, do you feel like there's a connection to your photography? I'm not sure if this is a relevant question. We can skip it if you want. Oh, no, no worries. Um, I, I do feel there is a connection because I did start with photography because I wrote poetry 
and poems. Um, but now that I'm entering the workforce and, you know, reality hits, you need to have a full-time job to be able to support your hobbies. Um, I write to support my photography endeavors. So I guess it does relate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes mm -hmm. sense. I think it's... Um... Like, especially with writing scripts, you have to visualize what a scene oh, yeah. is like. And so that's kind of like photography. That's true. It, it opens up a, a lot more area for me to play with beyond just, you know, photography and conceptual photography. I can dabble in terms of being more creative in the marketing industry, the advertising industry. So it, it kind of works both ways. I get inspired at work. And I get inspired doing my own personal things after work. That's the best balance. Yeah, yeah. It took a while to get here. Yeah, I can imagine. We all struggle with finding balance in our lives. And sometimes we feel like we don't have enough time for creativity. But I think it's ideal when your job allows you to be creative in some ways. It really helps. Mm, oh, yeah. What is the most important lesson that you've learned as a photographer? Because you've been taking photos for such a long time. I'm sure you have a lot of interesting stories to share. Hmm, the most important lesson? Hmm, I think I think the most important thing about photography is learning to stay true to yourself, your identity, and being genuine in the face of the ever-evolving social media, the pressure of trying to stay in trend. I think it's important to be really strong, strong in your passion, in your mission with your photography. Yeah, that's a great answer. I agree with you. Because then we can get swayed by certain trends, as you said, online, or we feel like we have mm. to come up with something, or we just, it's just self-imposed pressure sometimes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I feel like I'm my own worst critic and I'm my own enemy when it comes to photography because I'm always coming up with these excuses but then it's just me it's nothing else it's me getting in my own way you know I know I'm I'm with you there I just have conversations with myself I think from time to time I'm just like do I really am I really good at photography or do I like is this really for me I have this imposter syndrome at some point in my life from time to time not too sure if you relate with me on this always always <laughs> and it's there's no fix to it you just have to do it at the end of the day you kind of just have to continuously push yourself out of your comfort zone and you don't know when it's going to happen so that's yeah. th that's a struggle the creative life right yeah and yeah it's the reality like photography isn't something that you are going to find easy all the time but at the same mm. time it's very gratifying if you approach it authentically and if you enjoy doing it then that's what matters at the end of the day and if you have a purpose behind your photography that's even better yeah definitely um i think it also relates to my experience as to how i got to um, find out conceptual photography when i first started picking up my camera i didn't really know what i wanted to do i love taking photos but um, when I was experimenting with concept photography, product photography, I didn't really feel like it resonated with me. It didn't feel like my thing. Um, but as I went on and discovered conceptual photography and realized that this was something I wanted to do, it felt really gratifying to be able to understand myself at that point. 
mm-hmm. but as you grow older you kind of find more responsibility to deal with and I'm kind of back at that spot where okay maybe I need to get out of my comfort zone again and try new things and that's really interesting with art there's never a end goal it's just always happening it's always evolving yeah that's really exciting and I think that can put pressure on you and I can also not put pressure on you at the same time depending on how you look at it because every photograph is like a different piece so there's always something Mm. achieve in the future it's never like this is it this is the final photograph and this is the best photo I've ever taken there's not going to be anything better it's definitely not the truth um so if you look at it from that perspective I guess it's a positive experience but sometimes we feel like every photo should matter so I think that's when it gets (laughs) so because every photo should look perfect and that's that's impossible to achieve oh yeah and especially during the editing um phase sometimes when I'm editing it I feel okay it's good enough enough I can share it and but I just keep going back to it I can't let go the art of letting go is quite difficult because you're working on your baby (laughs) Um, but that's something I learned with photography you have to make do with what you have be happy with your work and let it out to the world let it breathe yeah and when you share your work I'm sure you've experienced this as well because you've been active on websites like Flickr you're active on Instagram and TikTok when you put something out there and it resonates with people and somebody connects with you because of your work it feels really nice so then you're like why yeah. did I even overthink this like it may I mean it didn't maybe change someone's life but maybe somebody wanted to be a better artist because of this photograph or they were inspired to take photographs or whatever it's it's nice to connect with people through your work yeah yeah definitely I think as artists we tend to put a lot of pressure on ourselves but we just need to be more kind a lot of people are really kind in the community, so I don't think they would judge as much with your final artwork. Just learn to share and let go of that pressure. Exactly. Like I look at my favorite photographer's work and I sometimes wish I could see more of their work. I'm always eager to see what their process is like and just see more mm. variations of certain photographs. Like even with you, I'd love to see more photos from you. So to hear that you doubt yourself or that you experience imposter syndrome it's not surprising to me it's more so that I'm like no like why could you like why are you feeling this way? your work is so amazing you know but then I don't speak like that to myself you know <laughs> uh, but I feel the same way with you your your photos are amazing your self-portraits there's so much essence I feel like there's so much expression in your self-portraiture oh thank you so much see we're kind to other people but not to ourselves that's the lesson <laughs> yeah that's yeah. really confusing. We shouldn't be that way. No, yeah. Uh, it's something that can be learned with time. Like even if any of the listeners are struggling with this, it's it's possible to overcome it. Like I go through phases. Sometimes I'm relatively happy with what I'm doing. Other times not mm-hmm. so much. It's a, it's a cycle. Yeah, it's it's tough, but we'll get there. We'll get there, yeah. I think the best is yet to come. Yes, I agree. What has been your inspiration lately? You said that you used to find inspiration in poetry and writing, but for your photography, is there anything else that you look at and feel, oh, like I want to take photographs right now? Uh, I used to be really inspired by music. But as of right now, I feel like I'm, I'm in this limbo of trying to see which element in life inspires me most. 
maybe it's because I've been really busy with work. I haven't had the time to allow inspiration to enter my life. But I would say the one thing that would that is still a majority of like uh, that inspires my work is how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's. <laughs> Yeah, because your work is a reflection of you in a way, even if other people don't see it, but you see it. So if uh, if you feel a certain way, then easier to express that feeling because you know what it's like. And if that's your inspiration, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm often also inspired by a certain feeling or an atmosphere. It's definitely a big part of my work as well. So I understand what you mean. Uh, yes, and I, I've also spoken to um, a lot of my creative friends who aren't necessarily photographers, but they could be writers or filmmakers. And we all seem to connect in a way where we're very inspired when we're in a troubled situation. <laughs> As in, maybe maybe you're heartbroken, you're sad, you're stressed, frustrated. There's just so much things you can create with those type of feelings that you're uh, experiencing. But when you're happy, it's very rare. <laughs> I've been so happy for so long, it's really rare to find that sort of inspiration and um, passion igniting me to create something. So that's something I want to learn, to hone my happiness and create an image out of that. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason there are so many love songs that are sad, right? That's true. (laughs) That's true. more, More inspiration there for so many people. Yeah, I think because when you're in that moment, you just dive into your thoughts. You try to dissect why you're feeling this way, and then you create your art from there. But when you're happy, it's you don't really dive into that. You just experience it and, yeah, experience life. <laughs> yeah, makes total sense. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. I like what you said about pushing your inspiration down or ignoring your inspiration, not making space for it when you have a lot of responsibilities, because I think a lot of people can are going through similar situations, a similar situation. I'm sure the listeners can can relate to this. I can definitely relate to this, where you have so much stuff going on in your life as an adult that you don't even mm-hmm. let yourself feel inspired. So how do you let yourself feel inspired in busy moments? Do you give yourself a few minutes to you know, look at your favorite photographer's work? Or is there anything specific you do to let yourself relax and just feel inspiration? Um, for me, that's a good question. It's really relevant to where I'm at right now. This year, I've actually taken a hiatus, an unofficial hiatus from my photography. And I felt that throughout the years, I've been forcing myself to feel inspired, despite being so busy with my work schedules and whatnot. So this year, I've learned to try and play around with different um, platforms. Like I have mentioned before, TikTok. I feel um, creating videos at the moment inspires me and opens up a new sense of creativity for me. And hopefully throughout this journey, I'll be able to understand myself better to create better images afterwards as well. Uh, you, I like what you said about TikTok because TikTok works for some people. It doesn't work for others. Instagram works for some people. It doesn't work for others. You just have to work with what you feel is right for you. And you found an outlet that works for you at this moment in your life with videos. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's great. It's uh, as long as you are creating and doing something for yourself, just for you, then mm-hmm. that's all that matters. Even if you are taking an official hiatus, what matters is how you <laughs> creatively. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like as um, a photographer, my art is so special to me. I don't want it to feel forced, if you get what I'm saying. Kind of want it to be as genuine as possible. Um, so I think for me, that's the root of why I'm on a hiatus. It's because I don't want to force myself to create something. I want it to be as natural and sincere as possible so that other people can feel inspired by it too. I totally relate to you. I took a long break from photography because I kept on forcing myself to feel inspired, which it goes against the whole idea of inspiration. I think it should be natural, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. And photography should be supernatural to you. You're stuck in nature. You don't have to stress about it. So the minute you're stressed about something you love, I think that's a good, good time to take a break. Yeah, that's the perfect time to let it go for a bit. It's not going to go away anywhere. It's not going to run away from you. It'll always be waiting for you. Yeah, exactly. Well, Rhiannon, I have one more question for you. And that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Mm, I think the one thing I want to achieve is to use my photography, my art, to inspire others to see the magic in the mundane life because I myself am um, going through that so it's it's a learning process for myself and I hope one day when I achieve that the sense of being more childlike um, seeing the magic in the everyday and using my photography to tell that to other people I hope other people will be able to do the same to live beyond um, a very mundane nine-to-five job life beyond social media they can kind of enjoy existing in this world that's beautiful to enjoy existing in this world i think that is the ultimate yeah. for many people it's beautiful rhiannon thank you thank so you. much for sharing your journey with me i'm so happy that we were able to connect and you're already inspiring so many people including myself like even just having this conversation with you inspired me to take some photographs i'm feeling a little oh. so thank you you're definitely very influential in that way oh thank you you've influenced me as well i'm probably going to try and take a photo tomorrow that's amazing okay i wish you the best with your shoot <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much for being on the podcast i wish you all the very best with your journey and i cannot wait to see to see the things you photograph in the future Thank you. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed my time really delving into my thoughts and my perspective on photography. So thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank you too. Great Big Photography World wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. I loved speaking with Rihanna. Actually, after this photo shoot, I went out and took photographs and really enjoyed the process because I didn't think about anything. I just enjoyed taking photographs. So I hope you had a similar experience. If you want to take photographs, listen to your intuition and really enjoy the process. First and foremost, prioritize how you feel during your shoots and make sure that you take photographs that really represent you and make you feel good about yourself. That's what really matters at the end of the day. If you want to speak with Rhiannon, ask her some questions, or leave your comments on this episode, feel free to join our online photography community. 
We accept members from all over the world. It's completely free to join, and we always look forward to hearing from our listeners. So there's a link to it in the description. Join us and let's have fun together. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.